you have your Bibles, Philippians chapter 4, tomorrow, of course, in case you fell off of Mars or something, uh, is, of course, Thanksgiving. And uh, before it was a day of football games, it was actually a day that was set aside to give thanks. Uh, it actually goes back to, and we'll look at this a little later, 1789, a Congress sent uh, President George Washington, a declaration that this the fourth Thursday of every November should be set aside for giving thanks to God. It comes out of, of course, the pilgrims. When the pilgrims landed in Plymouth and they began to set up the Plymouth colony and all this, they had had a horrific year. Over half of the pilgrims that had come over had died. They had uh, not understood the uh, ways to plant and work the land. It was uh, uh, different, uh, uh, especially the Wampanoag tribe that began to help them and uh, give them. There was actually a man, and he has an incredible story. If you, He was actually an Indian uh, uh, in the Wampanoag tribe, who was captured by the Spanish, went into slavery, got out of his slavery, came back to uh, 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 North America, only to be captured again by the English. But he was able to translate and able to help them. And he was able to. And uh, when the harvest came in and the pilgrims there were uh, very grateful They wanted to not only thank God, but thank people. Because thankfulness is about people. So they invited uh, the uh, uh, Wampanoag tribe and they had a feast and a time of harvest. And they served more than just uh, uh, turkey. They had venison and fish and all sorts of other things there. For the bountiful harvest, for the chance of them to actually make this thing work. That's what tomorrow is about. It is the day set aside, and there's very interesting, the only, uh, only a handful of nations have a day of thanksgiving. Of course, uh, the Jews have one, and it's in their calendar. America has it. Canada actually celebrates it earlier in the year. They celebrate it the day we celebrate Christ- uh, Columbus Day and uh, in October But this day of giving thanks needs to be actually an attitude of a Christian in general. So I want to look with you at this. Philippians 4, beginning in verse 6 and just really 6 and 7. It says, Paul writes and says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer uh, and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. I want to talk to you firstly about the issue of having a thankful heart. We live in a day when the entitlement mentality has gripped a hold of people and they are not thankful. They think they deserve it. As one person said, kids today, now this is a generalization, but 
the term of it I like. They know the price of everything and the cost of nothing. They understand. uh, They think they deserve. uh, We live in one of the most blessed, if not the most blessed nation on the earth. I have seen people who make two and three dollars a day. And that's it. And I've been humbled when they've invited me to their house to have dinner. Knowing that this is going to cost them far more in a relative sense uh, than it would have ever cost you or I. Thankfulness can be lost. We do live in a nation that I think has lost it, just like every other Christian holiday. It's been secularized and it's been uh, hijacked by that mentality that we give thanks, but to who or for what? It's become very relative in our day. Romans warns us and says, although, Romans one twenty one, although, uh, because, although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, neither were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. This is not, we live in the day of the light switch. You know, we walk into a dark room, we flip a switch, we want the light out, we flip a switch. This is more of the thought of like a sunset where it's a subtle thing and moment to moment you may not realize how dark it's getting until it's very dark. My wife and I, we, when we were in Ireland, we went to the westernmost spot in Ireland. Uh, uh, it's the westernmost spot of Europe. And of course, uh, there's nothing but Atlantic Ocean until Nova Scotia. And so we're standing there watching the sunset uh, and filming this and just in awe of it. Uh, but we're, it, it, all of a sudden, we didn't realize how dark it truly was getting. And then all of a sudden, it was gone. This was in June, and so it was like 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night or something. And we're watching the sun just kind of fall into the ocean. And it's just, and that's the picture of a heart growing darker and darker that you don't realize it. It's not just like a switch that goes off. But you see this happen. It has effects not only on your life, but on others. Warren Wiersbe wrote in his commentary on Colossians, uh, he told about a ministerial student uh, in Evanston, Illinois, who was part of a life-saving squad that had uh, risked their lives in 1860 to rescue a ship that had gone uh, aground in Lake Michigan. And as uh, this man, Edward Spencer, waded into the water, it's frigid cold. Uh, He actually got very, very sick in the water and rescued personally 17 passengers. He developed such a permanent health damage that it cost him his life a number of years later. It was noted at his funeral that not one of those 17 people said thank you. Jesus has rescued us from far more, but it's amazing how people don't say thank you to God. Thank you for the blessings. Thank you for all that we have. And unthankful people not only 
do themselves damage, but they leave a wake of destruction behind them. In our text, unthankfulness is connected to worry. Our text starts, uh, Paul writes and says, be anxious for nothing, or the new, uh, uh, the good news Bible says, don't worry about anything, but in all your prayers, ask God for what you need, always asking with a thankful heart. That God, uh, he, he says, connected with people who aren't thankful is worry. They're, they're always anxious about the future. It always bothers them. Uh, that uh, uh, that when they come now he notice here he says when be anxious for nothing but in everything in prayer worried people pray too but most of their prayers are complaints to God God why aren't you how come this is taken so how you know don't you know I've got needs and you're not moving and you got and this and that and they've got their list too worried people do pray this is why. Paul is putting in there that you need to pray with thanksgiving because that has a way of killing worry. Thanksgiving produces, and we're going to look at how this works out, but it produces peace. He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything in prayer and supplication, make your requests known with thanksgiving to God. And then the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. John fourteen twenty seven, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives. I do not give to you. Let your hearts not be troubled, neither be afraid. This is Jesus speaking. It's amazing how anxiousness affects the mind and the heart. Now you can work this through however you want, the mind and the heart, and where they separate, and Bible scholars and philosophers have worked that through. Where does heart, where does the mind end and the heart begin, and the heart end and the mind begin? It's like good luck with that. I know that the heart actually has some of the same cells as your memory. And so things do affect each other and they, they have this effect. But isn't it interesting how people who are anxious, they can't enjoy even what they have. Because it's easy to complain. Paul writes and tells Timothy, he says that you need to learn that contentment with godliness is great gain. But we live in the advertising generation like none other. Pictures and all of these kinds of things, it's easy to begin to envy and wish we had and think we got ripped off or, you know, the car's getting all the, you know, hey, I've only got, you know, an iPhone 8. Don't you know the 12s are out? Don't you know that, they, you know, it's like this is ancient. It doesn't make calls? Yeah. All right, everything else is a bonus. I don't know if you understand that. It is called a phone for a reason. <laughs> yeah, but it's a camera, it's an app, and it's got Facebook, and it's got the best game, and it's 5G, and, you know, like, all right, whatever, man. There's a story of a man who became so envious of his friends because they had gotten a larger and more luxurious home. 
that he called up a real estate agent and he listed his house. Now, this is back in the day of the newspaper and the without the Zillow and the 1,500 pictures that you could have. So he's planning on buying a more impressive house. So he's looking and looking and looking. He finds an ad in the paper for a house. And he calls his real estate agent and he says, that is the house for me. And she says, the house you described is the house you live in. The problem with many people is that they're anxious. This has to do with worrying about the future. How is it all going to work out? You see anxious people everywhere this year. You have a perfect scenario. You have political issues that are unsettled. You have social issues. You have the coronavirus. And you have all of these things at work. And people are anxious. And they're not thankful. I lived in a society where communism beats thankfulness out of people. Beats them because they're always deprived. There's no incentive in life. You're just given your apartment whether you really do anything or not. You can show up to work. The hotel that was next to our building that we had for a few years, uh, uh, took 21 years to build. They'd just show up, and if they build a wall, and the next day they'd knock it down and rebuild it. There was no incentive. Christmas would come. Do you know what you were getting for Christmas? Whatever they did for work and were able to steal from their company. That's how Christmas worked. You saw this bleed into society, whatever they had, and especially towards other people. Other people were the enemy. They had because you didn't. That's the communist mentality. If you have it, it's because I don't. Not that I could go out and get it as well. It's because you are in my way. Think about some things that we need to be thankful for. How about first and foremost, you're not going to hell. You're worthy of it. So am I. So is everyone. I've broken a few of God's laws. God saved me. Listen to what Paul writes. Romans 7, 23-25 But I see another law working in my members, warring against the law of my mind to bring me into the captivity of the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me out of this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So with the mind I can serve the law of God But with the flesh I serve the law of sin. He says, in me is that struggle. But you know what? God is doing such a good work in me. I have an ability to actually serve God. What God has done. Melvin Stewart. He was an Olympic swimmer for the United States. And in 1988, he competed in the 
200 meter breaststroke and lost in the Olympics. But a man named George Baxter, he was a 70-something-year-old businessman at the time, believed in Stuart, helped Stuart, helped finance his education, pushed him to be a good student, polished his social graces, and encouraged him in marvelous ways. That in 1992, Marvin Stewart was able to go back to the Olympics and win the gold medal in the men's 200 free uh, 200 meter butterfly. When he got out of the pool, he was asked immediately what was his plans, and he says, "I don't plan to keep the medal. I'm going to give it to Baxter." And he searched the crowd. And when he found him, he mouthed the word, I love you. Because he was appreciative of what this man had made possible for him to do. God has given us far more than the opportunity to just win a gold medal. Most of you don't even know who Melvin Stewart is. I know some of you were discussing him just yesterday. But the majority of us have no idea who he was, right? The opportunities that God gave him, he was thankful for. First Timothy 1.12, But I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he found, counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. You know, think about Paul. If you read about his ministry, it wasn't exactly a cakewalk. It wasn't exactly the best and easiest uh, it wasn't the follow the yellow brick road and you'll have no problems. You read in 2 Corinthians 11 all the things he went through, beaten with rods, shipwrecked, a day and night sea, and perils in the wilderness, and perils in the city, among brethren, among uh, uh, foreigners. Just all these things he goes through. And he still says, I thank God for what he's done and what he gave me the privilege to do. Whatever we go through, we have an opportunity to thank God. First Thessalonians 5 says, thank God in everything. Not for everything, but thank God in everything. This is the will of God for your life. Paul was also very thankful for others. 1 Thessalonians 1, 2 and 3, chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. He says, We thank God always for you, mentioning you always in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, patience of hope in the Lord, in our Lord Jesus Christ and in the sight of God and our Father. Probably the second most important thing to Paul was people. Listen to these. Romans 1, 8. First. I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. 1 Corinthians 1.4 I thank my God always concerning you for the grace which is given to you by Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1.16 I do not cease to give thanks for you, mentioning you in my prayers. I could read Philippians 1.3-5, Colossians 1.3-4. Second, Thess uh, uh, Second Thessalonians 1, 3, and 4. Second Timothy 
1.3 all say the same thing. I thank God for you. And he always adds in there mentioning you in my prayers. Praying for you. That he saw the value of people. People make the opportunity for us to be able to do what God has called us to do. I understand God's pretty sovereign. And God, if He really wanted you to do it, He could do it. I understand all that, but I also understand it takes other people. For any one of us to accomplish what God has for our lives, it takes other people. If you're married, you could start with your spouse. Thank God. I thank God for my wife. The brethren. Other people in the church that would help you and encourage you and support you. If you're called by God, one day we'll actually put money behind you. But how about even sinners? Do you thank God for your boss? (laughs) Oh, that devil. (laughs) I mean, if Satan had a... If he was incarnate, It looks something like my boss. Pastor Greg had some adversaries in the early years of his ministry, and he says, I thank God for them. I didn't enjoy them, but they helped me develop in different ways. Can we be thankful? In our text, it tells us that there's the benefit of being thankful. That when you make your requests made known to God with thanksgiving, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Again, it doesn't mean that you have no problems. There was an Irish prayer. I didn't write it down, but it's like, you know, may your wind always be at your back, your sun... uh, you know, ahead of you, uh, may your cares be left on the door. It's like, yeah, that's wonderful. But if you met any Irishman, you would know in a minute that they don't really believe that. Hey, it's a great nation, but they are some of the most pessimistic people probably on planet Earth. This is why, you know, you can buy some health supplements. You ever get advertisements for those? I get emails for those. Try this. Eat this. You know, CBD oil is the miracle. It can solve everything from hair loss to toe fungus. You know, it's like I'm always very, very leery of anything that, you know, they used to call that snake oil that solves all your problems. But let me ask you a question that really is more the issue of anxiety. It's not what are you eating, but what's eating you? That's the real issue of anxiety that steals the peace. The hinge pin in our text is thanksgiving. Thanksgiving has the ability to guard, literally garrison. It's actually the thought of of if you would today, the secret service. How they are with the president. I uh, loved a book that uh, many years ago read, or li- I probably listened to it, I can't remember, but it was called uh, In the President's Secret Service. And it was written by secret service men 
just on anecdotal stories of the president and how they, politics aside, whether they like them or not, whether they, uh, the, their favorite one was George Bush Sr. They, they said he was amazing. He would actually not go away for Christmas so that they could all be with their families. He understood that and, and cared about them and, uh, he just, just, you know, again, it's politics aside, it was all, and, uh, but that's these men, that's the picture there of guarding your heart. They would actually take a bullet for your heart, for your mind. They have the ability to protect you from any onslaughts. We've all got enough to worry about. One of the reasons I'm not a big AA fan is because when they go to the meeting, some of them, all they do is complain. Hi, my name is Keith, and I'm an alcoholic, and it's been six and a half days, three hours, and 42 minutes since I've had a last drink. But you know what? It's really been a rough week because, you know, I, my dog died, and my girlfriend left, and then she came back, and she took all my money and then left again. And, you know, and then I just, you know, but I'm, I'm hanging in there. I'm not drinking. It's like by the end of that, you want to go have a drink. It's like depressing. We all could do that. We all have enough in life to complain about. Don't you know this problem and that problem and this problem and that problem? It's one of the reasons why, you know, I I used to be a really bad news junkie. I had to give it up. Because if it bleeds, it leads, man. They just love bad news. They'll occasionally throw out a nice story just to kind of hook you. But your heart and your mind are where the decisions of life are made. Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. In our text, just a few verses later, he would say, you need to control your mind. Whatever things are good, virtuous, uh, if there be any good report, if there be any praiseworthiness, think on these things. The enemy will always aim. This is why Jesus said again, the peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So this tells us that, you know what, thankfulness is actually going to direct your life. You're either going to function on fear and anxiety. We see it now with the COVID and people who are absolutely terrified. I was talking with Pastor Namdo Skautenmeyer the other day. He's the leader in, in Europe and uh, good friend, we, he taught us how to make nasi, and we taught them how to make French toast. And they still make French toast all the time. They they love us for it. And so, they're good friends. He was telling me that his he was his wife was in a supermarket, and his and someone dropped their mask, and his wife ran down to pick it up, and the woman freaked out. How dare you touch? And yeah, it's like, wow, paranoid. Anxiety. That's been a mark of 2020. 
saw a great t-shirt advertised that said, rule number one of 2021 is we don't talk about 2020. That, that's good, humorous. But when we're making decisions of life, whether it's a heart decision or a head decision or however you want to put this, you make a better decision when you're thankful. An old song called Count Your Blessings by Johnston Oatman said, Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings and see what God has done. Count your blessings and name them one by one, and you will be surprised what the Lord has done. Colossians 3.15 And let the peace of God rule your heart to which you were called into one body and be thankful. One commentator wrote, For all the mercies, especially the privilege and the hope as a Christian, a spirit of thankfulness would tend so much to promote harmony and peace. Ungrateful people commonly are tumultuous, aggregates, restless, and dissatisfied people. Nothing better to tend to promote peace and order than gratitude for God's mercies. One way you do this is you vocalize it. This is why Paul writes to every church, I thank God for you. It really does help to say it. Psalms 100, verse, verses 1 through 5, the entire psalm says, Make a joyful noise. Shout to the Lord, all your land. Serve the Lord with gladness and come into His presence with singing, knowing that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us and we and and we not ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. He is merciful. His mercy is everlasting. And his truth endures to all generations. There's something about speaking out thankfulness. Hebrews 13, verse 15, Therefore let, us, let him, therefore by him rather, let us continually offer up the praises to God. That is the fruits of our lips, giving thanks to his name. That we vocalize it. It helps to say, I thank God. Even for that incarnate Satan boss of your house. Say, I thank God. Changes, guides your hearts, protects your mind. One will dominate the other. Anxiety or peace. One will dominate the other. You can't have both. But the key is thanksgiving. This is why he says, win your prayers with thanksgiving. September of 1789, Congress asked President George Washington to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer. Yes, the United States Congress 
use the word prayer. To be observed accordingly with a grateful heart. The many signals of favors of the Almighty, especially affording them the opportunity peaceably to establish a constitution of government for their safety and happiness. That is literally what they wrote to President George Washington. And of course he complied. It was not highly recognized until Abraham Lincoln and after the American Civil War. That they reinstituted it and brought it to that place that it became now something that they would actually and we would celebrate that we would recognize today. But it was a day that was set aside for public thanksgiving. Both to God and to people. And so my challenge to you on this Thanksgiving Day time Black Friday will start. The insanity of Christmas will all be here tomorrow on Friday. And, you know, all of that begins. I get that. But it's to be thankful. And to express that. Express that to someone close, someone you need to. Say, I thank God for you. Appreciate you. Really do. It goes a long, long way, and it was set aside. That's what tomorrow is about, but that should be the heart of a Christian. Just like Donation Tuesday shouldn't be the only day you give, Thanksgiving shouldn't be the only day you're thankful. Let it be something that will guard your heart and your mind. Let's bow our heads for just a moment. You're here this This evening you're not right with God. You're not saved. You're not born again. The good news is Jesus Christ, He loves you. cares about you. He died for you. He wants to save your soul. And if you're here this evening and you're not right with God, you're not born again, you need to ask Jesus into your heart. I wonder if you'd very quickly slip up your hand. Pray for me. I'm not right with God. Maybe you're backslidden. You knew God, but maybe like that sunset. You didn't realize how dark it's got. Because you haven't been thankful. You're not right with God. You need to come back. Just slip up your hand. Make it a day to get right. Pray for me. I need Jesus. Changing the call then to Christians. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving. But shouldn't be the only day that as Christians we're thankful. That we should be people who appreciate what God First and foremost, what God's done and what others have done and the value that we put on them. Let's all stand. These altars are open. We're going to take a moment, allow people to talk to God. What song are we going to sing? To the ends of the earth and worship His name. Love unfailing, overtake Take me in, finding peace again. Fear is love.
Mighty God in our full Godness, Lord, we rejoice in all that you're doing, Lord. We rejoice.